Asia Pacific currents. News and labor issues from the Asia Pacific region. We strongly condemn the, the police that arrest、uh, the protesters. Saturday mornings at nine o'clock on Community Radio 3CR. Workers of the world should unite to fight this greedy capitalist. Brought to you by Australia Asia Worker Link. Good morning and welcome to Asia Pacific Currents here on Community、uh, Radio 3CR. It is the second of April. A nice fresh morning for those of you who are out strolling. I'm Giselle Hanna. I'm taking you through to 9:30 this morning. Coming up on the program today, I will be speaking with Will Ilolahai. He was, he is a co-founding member of the New Zealand civil rights organisation by the name of the Polynesian Panthers.、Um, he was one of the guest speakers at this year's Marxism 2016 conference, a conference that's organised by Socialist Alternative. For those of you who don't know.、Um, And、uh, for the international listeners, Socialist Alternative is、uh, a socialist organisation here in Australia from the IST tradition, the Cliffites.、Um, so that annual conference had a, a wide range of international speakers. Will was one of them, and I had the good fortune of being able to interview him. And you'll be listening to that story in the second part of the program. It's actually a long interview, so I'm going to play it in two parts.、Just To get you ready for what's coming up later in the show, but of course we're going to go to news from around the region, and we're going to start with an update on the Tata Nana Nano、um, plant in Gujarat, and this is where 300 workers had been detained. So this is the update on that. So. Over 300 striking workers of the Tata Motors Sanan plant and several representatives of central and city-based trade unions were detained. By police and taken to Makaba Police Station, and that was a, a, about two weeks ago. That rally was held by the workers after several rounds of talks with company officials. The latest being on Friday, the seventeenth of March, failed to break a four-week-long deadlock with Tata Management. About 422 workers at the plant have been on strike since the 22nd of February, demanding reinstatement. Of the 28 suspended workers by the company, those detained on Saturday, the 21st、um, of of March,、um, included the Gujarat Kadat Samaj leader Sagar Rabari.、Uh, after the Tata workers were let off at about noon, the striking workers decided to hold another protest rally, which was held on the 28th of March. And I'm still in the process of getting updates on what happened at that major demonstration. Moving now to Cambodia,、uh, there's a proposed draft trade union law on the table in Cambodia, and it's causing、uh, concern for the trade union movement there. The Cambodian trade unions remain deeply concerned with the content of the proposed text of the trade union law. They've provided the government, bipartisan committee, and the parliament with detailed comments, analysis, and recommendations.、Um, the recommendations haven't been duly considered, and the draft falls well short of the requirements of international law. What they're saying is that.、Um, 
And independent trade unions are standing up to protest the harmful law. Workers with banners, um, posters and stickers protested um, at 100 factories and union offices in various provinces, as well as in Phnom Penh. The independent unions see the factory-level demonstrations as part of the lead-up to a bigger protest scheduled to take place outside the National Assembly on the day of the vote, which is on Monday. So there's um, some major opposition to um, this law. Um, it's the stakeholders of the law include garment buyers like H&M, Gap, Adidas, Levi's, Puma and others. So it is um, the, the, the laws are mostly about attacking freedom of association and a living wage. So um, we'll bring more information about what's happening in Cambodia with that proposed law um, and hopefully an interview with some of our comrades based in Cambodia who are actively campaigning against that. The next story, um, this is actually a statement that was um, released by the Awami Workers' Party in Pakistan. They put out a statement um, condemning the uh, recent attacks in Pakistan that targeted Muslim, uh, that targeted Christians actually over over Easter. Um, so the the statement was written a day after those um, that terrorist attack. Uh, and here it is. Yesterday, more than 72 women, children and men were killed and more than 200 injured in a suicide bombing in Lahore's Gulshan Bagh. In a city and a country where the rich can afford private security to protect their families, they do not have to leave the comfort of their guarded homes to have Sunday picnics, Gulshan Abag was a garden for the rest of us, a place for those of us who cannot afford the luxuries of private security and a space where we could bring our working and middle-class families, our children, our partners, our parents and our grandparents, to laugh and to love in the open. Last night, our daughters and sons died, and so many of our loved ones are married for life. There are no words for the dark loss of those who no longer have a mother or a father, a sister or a brother, a daughter or a son. Our hearts bleed for the dead and wounded. PMLN must realise the fact that this fire will also spread to PMLN's Lahore. I'll post the rest of that statement on um, AAWL's website, but it is the Awami Workers' Party that is mourning and condemning the terrorist attacks in Pakistan that was religiously motivated, so specifically targeting Muslims. Uh, Christians, specifically targeting Christians in an overwhelmingly Muslim country and targeting them over Easter. The last story for this morning is uh, many of you might have seen yesterday at the end of the Collingwood-Richmond game in Melbourne, Australia, the unfurling of an anti-Muslim banner that was... um, that was unfurled by the United Patriots front. So a sign was unveiled under one of the big screens at the ground, and this is the MCG, saying... Go Pies, Stop the Mosques. It was emblazoned with the crest of nationalist group, the United Patriots Front. A group of fans were ejected from the Collingwood-Richmond clash for displaying the offensive banner. Collingwood released a statement saying it would cut ties with those responsible for the banner if any connection to the club is found. And of course, um, for those of you who don't know, there is a demonstration at Federation Square tomorrow at two o'clock opposing fascism and calling for Federation to be a fascist and racist free zone. That's two o'clock at Federation Square tomorrow. It is the first year anniversary of the start, the establishment of the United Patriots Front, which is only one in a long line of um, 
neo-Nazis and fascist organisations that have te- that have attempted to be built um, in this country, um, the United Patriots Front are having a little bit more success than what we've seen and they absolutely must be stopped. But that's all we've got time for, for news from around the region. I'm going to go to some community announcements and then my interview with Will Ilolahai. This is David Rovix and you are tuned to 3CR, 8.55am, Melbourne, Australia. Step three is finding there's a tactic when everyone believes it could be true. That if all the people work collectively, there just might be something we can do. And everything can change. Will Lollahai was a co-founder of the civil rights New Zealand organisation, the Polynesian Panthers. Inspired by the American Black Panthers, the group fought for liberation of the oppressed through the abolition of capitalism. He was a key activist in the infamous campaign against the apartheid South African rugby Springbok Tour in the 1970s. He's also famous as the inaugural manager of the reggae band Herbs. Will Alalahai starts this discussion by talking about the different ethnic groups in New Zealand um, and he's uh, concentrated specifically on, uh, on Auckland. Perhaps I'll just specifically uh, talk about Auckland. Um, Auckland now is the actual largest Polynesian city in the world and by Polynesian we include uh, the indigenous Māori, uh, Tongans, Samoans, uh, Cook Islanders, uh, Niuwayans, um, Tahitians um, and Hawaiians um, and also the Melanesian court group of the Kanakis, um, Fijians, um, Papua New Guineans and um, the, all the areas in the Pacific. So um, in the, the Auckland, the recent Auckland, um, or should I say the New Zealand stats pointed out now that Auckland, over 50% are actually multicultural. In other words, um, Auckland now is more browner than, than, than ever before. We have a large number of um, migrants from India, China, um, Southeast Asia, um, and even um, Southern America. Um, so our cities, as compared to Auckland, as compared to Melbourne, we're actually quite diverse, um, and we notice it here when we were present in Melbourne. Just the um, we, we couldn't see as many diverse people as as um, as we have in Auckland. So uh, consequently, um, as a New Zealand-born Tongan, um, I, uh, I I'm caught up. Uh, uh, quite often, uh, perhaps because I've, um, you know, I'm, I'm 64 now, so I'm now classed as an elder, um, and so a lot of people come to uh, to me for advice, and I have been elected on several uh, boards um, since the Panthers, um, representing the Polynesian community or the, or the Pacific Island community, and um, so that's uh, the explanation of, uh, I suppose, of how diverse we are. So. A lot of uh, my work is actually work, uh, working with uh, the diverse uh, communities in um, Auckland, or as we call it, Tamaki Makaurau. 
So you've mentioned the Panthers a few times. I'm assuming this is the same uh, Panther Party that arose in the United States around the um, civil rights movement. Um, Can you tell me a little bit more about the Panthers as they existed in New Zealand, or as they exist rather, in New Zealand and specifically Auckland? Uh, actually, this year is our 45th anniversary, uh, Giselle, um, of, of the setting up of the Polynesian Panthers in June the 16th. Uh, we set it up um, in response to the needs of our community. Uh, we picked up the uh, Black Panther Party, who at that time was already um, in existence um, by five years, and they were going through a a, a turmoil with the FBI, who classed them as the as the biggest threat to America. Um, and when we got into more of, of their platform pla- um, program, we found uh, large similarities, um, if not all similarities, with what our Polynesian people were facing in Aotearoa, New Zealand, uh, barring the um, the aspect of carrying the gun. Um, so uh, we set up um, programs. In, in the um, in Auckland initially, and then we spread out uh, throughout New Zealand um, to the extent we had at our peak um, about 13 chapters throughout New Zealand, um, around about 500 members. Six of those chapters were in prisons. Um, so we were very active in a lot of uh, civil rights, um, legal rights, um, tenancy issues and and really also um, anti-racist um, programs that we set up and stood up um, for. Um, a lot of people still don't know that we existed. Um, it's interesting that um, I met a group of Kiwis who came over to the uh, Marxist conference on the weekend and um, they came over specifically to hear about us. <laughs> so... Uh, uh, it was quite interesting, and we still come across a lot of, and even Polynesian people who don't know that we existed, uh, mainly because we were more intent in just doing doing the gig, doing doing the work that was needed, um, speaking out against uh, issues, um, and and basically we just went ahead and did it without trying to get the limelight and getting some uh, traction in um, in the media. You talked a little bit about uh, the racism that um, people in your community experience. Can you describe what that is like? Back in the 60s and 70s, and when, because we were new migrants, uh, brought in actually to, to mand all the factories uh, that were built um, and, and um, service in the industries. Um, growing up in, in, the, in the suburb of Ponsonby, uh, which was which was Brownsville. Um, there were cars cruising past um, by um, uh, whites or or Pakias or or Palangis as we call them, uh, calling out uh, derogatory words like niggers, coconuts, horries, and bongas. Um, and then you would find that when you went to the schools, uh, the institutional racism that was in the schools was quite uh, prevalent. Um, a lot of the, our people were told that we weren't good enough to uh, go to university, uh, just do like our parents do and just uh, go back to factories and, 
and cleaning the streets. So there was the attitudinal and uh, institutional racism that we faced um, in those days, and it was quite blatant, um, but these days it's very subtle. And some people accredit us um, for our work that we've actually able to change a lot of attitudes um, uh, amongst Kiwis. You also mentioned um, some so having a Black Panther chapter in prisons. Um, can, can you talk a little bit about, firstly, the general context for Polynesians and the prison rate, um, and also what it means to have a political uh a chapter of a political organisation in a prison setting with the repression and control that is the way that it is? Um, the, the prisons in New Zealand at the moment, and, and, and definitely at the time that we were um, active in the uh, 70s, um, nearly 70% uh, of the in, um, inmates were either Māori or Pacific Islanders. Um, these days, it's still roughly the same. I think it's about 50 percent, um, <clears throat> and so um, a lot of uh, our uh, inmates, um, when they heard about our work, initially started from we we started up a prison um, prison bus program with a uh, Pakeha organisation called People's Union, and we. Um, because a lot of the bus, uh, prisons um, were sort of out in the country um, and many of our people didn't have um, transport. Uh, and so we started our programs to um, support the family visits, but also we used the, the program to educate and also to check out some of the uh, young Polynesians that wanted to join the Panthers, and this was our investigative period. Um, so they were there to um, visit the um, the brothers and sisters in the prisons. Um, but at the same time, we were able to uh, provide the prisoners with our uh, program platform. And so some of them um, set up uh, chapters in the prisons, specifically Paremonemo, which is the maximum security prison um, in Northland, uh, New Zealand. And... Um, set up uh, chapters for them to uh, uh, be able to read the season time, read the uh, program, and also to um, help them in their struggle um, inside the prisons in regard to their rights um, and also standing up to being a Polynesian. Uh, an interesting part of our um, prison programs were that actually a lot of our survival programs um, in the community were, were sponsored or paid by the prisoners. I don't know where they got the money from, but they um, they were able to support us with a lot of our programs. Um, and they explain it as, in, um, as being um, appreciative of us visiting them. Hey, this is Nick from Pinar. You're listening to 3CR. Please support community radio and your local music scene. Subscribe now. Give money back to the people that give music to you. One of the things that you talked about earlier was the use of Polynesian labour, basically for cheap labour in um, areas like cleaning and things like that. Um, 
can you can you talk a little bit more about it and particularly what the relationship then became between Polynesian workers and other workers in New Zealand? Yeah, in the in the um, as I said in the sixties, seventies, New Zealand had a um, an increased need to have people uh, come into um, work their factories and. Um, and they um, got us to do very manual, uh, cheap work. And, and then even there was work that uh, not many Kiwis wanted to do. Um, so we were, but we got the work because, you know, if you can remember, uh, well, well, sorry, um, just to give you a perspective, in the islands, um, you know, if you do get a job, you know, the um, average age, uh, average wage in those days in the islands was um, basically around about uh, 10 baana or $10 a week. Um, and coming to New Zealand where you were getting a, a bit more money, um, and some people were even accepting um, below minimum wage or even wages that Kiwis wouldn't dare to um, to be paid with. Um, they, they were prepared to do that because of the comparison of what they had in the islands, um, and most of them did, probably didn't have any money because um, they just worked in, in the um, in the fields. Um, so there was a um, a lot of the Polynesian, um, or should I say, Pacific Island and Maori uh, workers were getting ripped off, especially in, the, in Auckland, um, where there was a big magnet of people, uh, magnet to pull people in from the Pacific and um, from the country to come up and get jobs. Um, that was the beginning, I suppose, of our people experiencing what capitalism really meant um, in the sense of um, money was more important. Um, and so uh, the situation there was um, quite... It was, it was basically like slave labour, and some of our members actually started to get into the... Um, Getting, giving the workers rights um, and how that's how we recruited quite a few members off the factory floor um, because we also tried to tie them into the unions at that stage. And what is the um, relationship currently like between um, the Polynesian Panthers and the labour movement or, or organising in the labour movement generally? Yeah, well, in, in those days, we weren't really, um, you know, really concerned about the minimum wage or whatever. It was just uh, the fact of just uh, our people getting ripped off um, and also um, having long hours. There were, you know, situations where some workers were working up to 60 hours a week with no breaks. Um, so, on, you know, comparing uh, some of our people were, were acceptable of that because they were looking, they were looking from where they came from, and, and I suppose that's quite relevant to a lot of the migrants, refugees uh, today, where, you know, people are prepared just to uh, to work so they can get some money, to, even though they, in, in, in our own terms, they, they're uh, actually being abused and uh, ripped off. Um, so there was slowly a, um, a, a raise of consciousness about workers' rights. It's very interesting today, the, uh, uh, a lot of the labour movement, um, or should I say unions, um, are actually, they have a significant number now of uh, uh, Polynesian um, workers, uh, Polynesian reps on the, on the working on the factory floor and also in the hierarchy of, um, of the executives. 
um, there is a um, increasing number of um, uh, Maori and Pacific Islanders um, moving in the area of um, labour uh, in, in the in the labour unions. That that sounds really quite interesting um, in terms of the discrimination that you've talked about and the fact that when you put migrant pressure at migrant communities under the pressure that you do, really it can seem like people are just grateful for a job, but that was a consciousness building exercise for your comrades. No, 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 totally, totally right. Um, still, um, you know, it's sort of as if you had to have the workers go through those situations to actually start realising that, um, that, you know, that they can get a better pay or a better life. Um, um, so, yeah, there was a, a general um, education um, that was put through, but we found with our own um, people, even our, even our parents, uh, they were not really... Um, didn't care too much about us saying, hey, listen, mum and dad, or, you know, uncle and auntie, then, you know, you, you shouldn't be doing this work, you should be paying this. So there was a, a you know, an initial period of um, just supporting them um, in regard to their um, need to make, um, make ends meet. Um, so we sort of got more into the um, into their living conditions um, and their housing situation and other areas of, of rights, like legal um, because we kind of accepted that, you know, they were just so grateful. And we had, you know, situations where our parents were telling us off for doing what we were doing um, because they were saying that, you know, we should be grateful that uh, we were in a country of um, milk and honey. And uh, But we were sort of saying, well, hang on, no, we were born here and we know, we know you can get a better deal. I wanted to move on to an issue that is very pressing and, well, not just pressing, urgent, urgent for um, islander people, and that's the issue of climate change because the the major threat to you and your people is literally the disappearance of your land. Tell me a little bit about what you're doing in that area. Um, the, the, we call our 21st century Panthers. Um, uh, we have a, a chapter now existing again. Um, their main area is this climate change because, um, as I raise, we we as part of the human race were sort of the last uh, humans to inhabit a um, an area that wasn't inhabited, which were the vast um, array of islands in the Pacific. But yet, it looks like now that we're going to be the first. Um, group of um, uh, human beings to uh, have to evacuate uh, because of the climate um, the, the climate changing resulting in rising water um, very um, strong um, and out of um, link, out of context uh, cyclones in regard to the to their um, enormity um, and also strength of um, of the winds that they uh, bring in um, and so we now are kind of focusing on um, informing the first world and developed worlds that hey this is a lot of this has happened um, because um, we're we're um, a lot of this has happened because we're uh, because of all the, the damage and, uh, and the pollution that's been expelled by uh, the people of the first world and I include Australia there 
Um, and so we're um, spending a lot of our time now uh, trying to uh, raise awareness of that and attacking the, the areas that are causing it. But we also, just like in the Panthers and the in our last entry, um, setting up survival programs. So in our survival programs, we're uh, looking at uh, building more sustainable um, uh, houses, and we call it uh, Biotexture Pacific or Waka Whenua, houses that are actually made out of um, first world uh, uh, rubbish to, um, to have us, have our people, um, more uh, safe and more prepared, uh, prepared in regard to these major onslaughts that are coming from first world pollution. Well, let's hope that the uh, international community uh, wakes up to itself because um, this climate change issue is going to be one that impacts all of us. And I know you guys are in the firing line, but, um, you know, you definitely have our solidarity with that. Thanks, Giselle. And, 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 and that's the other thing, too. It's actually, like you're saying, it's not really just us. It's really a global problem. Um, and you know, uh, we were like, like, like I said at the beginning, you know, we're the first ones to actually probably become climate refugees uh, because we're we're losing our land. We can't grow any more crops. The waters, because we're most of the islands are on coral, so a lot of the, a lot of the water now is seeping up through the coral. Um, and so, uh, and then you've got the rising tides, um, and a lot of our especially in areas like Kiribati and Tuvalu, um, they're, you know, they've actually, and we recently had a case in New Zealand where a Kiribati person uh, tried to uh, get a climate uh, refugee status and unfortunately failed. Um, so that's the areas that we're trying to um, set up. But it's, it's a global problem, it's not just us. Well, Will, thank you so, so much for your time this morning and for sharing um, all of those details of your work and your country. That was Will Illallahai. He is the um, he was one of the founding members of the Polynesian Panthers um, and is an activist and civil rights activist in New Zealand. He himself is um, a Tongan New Zealander, so a Polynesian. But that is all, t- all we've got time for on Asia Pacific Currents this morning. Thank you so much for tuning in. Don't forget the rally on Sunday at two o'clock at Federation Square. That is to keep Federation Square a fascist and racist free zone. Coming up next is Palestine Remembered. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.